Hey guys, welcome back. So back a few months ago, I posted a video uh, on my YouTube channel called Does CrossFit Have a Diversity Problem? It sparked a lot of conversation. Um, some of it was productive. A lot of it wasn't. Uh, a lot of it ended up being very defensive and non-productive. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, CrossFit was actually upended with what uh, I'm going to call the tweet heard around the community. I'm sure you guys all remember. We saw a lot of anger. We felt a lot of anger, a lot of hurt feelings during this time, as well as a significant number of athletes and affiliates actually leave the community over it. Uh, since then, you know, we've continued to see changes within the community, including getting a new CEO, uh, community starting to heal and come back together. And, but in my opinion, there's just, there's still a lot of work to do. And, uh, I've been working behind the scenes since then to, to bring something to you guys that I think would be helpful along this topic, but not divisive. And so with that in mind, I'm really excited to introduce you guys to a new video and podcast series that I'm titling Inclusion Rx. So often when we discuss diversity and inclusion, we immediately think of race. And, and while that will certainly be a topic on this podcast, inclusion and diversity is just much deeper than that. I want to use this platform to discuss many topics within our community that we can learn from each other, share ideas and thoughts, and, and just allow for open dialogue. So these topics are going to be wide ranging. They'll cover areas much like race and racism. Uh, we'll talk about the adaptive athlete experience, what it's like to be part of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, women's issues, what the community is like for scale to master's athletes and, and much, much more. I'd love to see this become a library of ideas, experiences and lessons for affiliate owners, coaches and athletes to learn from and to help our community continue to be a place that others will want to come to and, and love as deeply as we all do. A series is not designed to be a one-size-fits-all or an indictment of how any of you run your business or currently experience CrossFit. It's just quite simply a conversation to help others that may need it. So if you have future topics or, or ideas that you'd like to hear, just drop it in the comments, uh, shoot me a DM. I'll do my best to bring some of the best subject matter experts on to discuss it. Uh, I've already actually recorded 10 episodes with uh, notable CrossFitters, athletes, um, people from all along the community. And I think you guys will be really excited to hear it. So with that, on to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inclusion Rx, uh, hosted by me, John. This is our inaugural episode. Uh, it's going to be a video series that we're running uh, probably for, I'm hoping, uh, for kind of an indefinite future uh, where we're going to talk about uh, inclusion and diversity in our sport. And uh, my first guest this week is Senator Adam Hoyer from uh, Michigan, how are you, Senator? I'm excellent. How are you? I am good. We were just uh, talking off the air about that Black Panther t-shirt you're wearing. I think we're both a little heartbroken over uh, Chadwick's passing last night. Yeah, it's it's super sad. And I think as we talk about inclusion, it, it's one of those things where I'm grateful that he got the opportunity to you know share that his artistry and the work. But he's made a bunch of films and Black Panther is one of the few that it has made that mainstream stuff. But he's played everybody from Thurgood Marshall to Jackie Robinson to, you know, James Brown. And now I think people are going to go back and watch those things. But I think as we talk about inclusion, it's about access and being exposed to these things. Yeah, I remember I'm, I've told you off the air, I'm a huge nerd. I love Marvel. I've seen all those movies a <laughs> hundred times mm -hmm. and I bet I've watched Black Panther two or three dozen times. Um, and I just remember when that came out, just thinking, you know, what a great representation that, You've never really seen on screen before to that degree, you know? I yeah. Mean, I, I saw it at the theater three, four times that first two weeks. Like I was just like, I got to see it again. I got, I, I, I just got to do it. 
Yeah, it was amazing. I'll, I'll probably watch it today just out of memory for him. But uh, in line with what we're going to talk about today, you know, I thought we would uh, chat a little bit uh, about how to help uh, the gyms really understand, you know, probably why diversity and inclusion is important uh, is a mm-hmm. good starting point for us. But then, you know, kind of your area of expertise is as an elected officials, you know, community outreach. And I, you know, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about, you know, how to, how do we help gyms get outside of their bubble? Like most of most gyms are, you know, kind of live in their bubble. I think these gyms are built um, without a lot of, they don't get a lot of added support from advertising other than maybe mm-hmm. the, you know, the searches on the internet. And so it ends up being, you know, you ask your friends and family to come in and most people, if you're a gym owner, your friends and family kind of look like you, they walk, run in the same yeah. circles, you know, how do you help gyms get outside of that bubble or, you know, kind of their circle of friends and start extending into their local neighborhoods to bring in different viewpoints? I think it's all about, you know, access and thinking about your bubble. So CrossFit is, is the definition of a bubble and it's that kind of you talk, you know, you bring your friends in and I'll share how I got into CrossFit. So uh, kind of a little bit of perspective. I was a two-sport college athlete that loved the weight room, right? I played football and I was a decathlete. I am your ideal fit for CrossFit, right? Like I love exercise. I didn't find CrossFit until maybe three years ago uh, just because I was watching the Netflix, the fitness thing, because I like watching people exercise. And that brought me into the sport. And I'm also a reservist in the Army. And during Army training, I met a guy and, you know, he was talking about it. Uh, one of the legislative events I went to, one of the uh, legislators, a, a white woman from New Hampshire, took me to my first CrossFit class. And it was just because we were interacting. And so I think as we talk about boxes trying to change the composition of, of their gym, it's also them recognizing about who you actually hang out with. Like, do you have any friends that do not look exactly like you who are not from the same religious and, you know, every background, right? So I was raised Catholic, right? So if all your friends are Catholics who went to Catholic school, your docs will look that way. And so it's all about having those different exposures and making yourself accessible because the CrossFit sport is incredibly white, but sports in general aren't. And so when we look at all all of this space and you say, all right, well, if CrossFit is about the fittest people and the most athletic people in, in the country and in the world, well, the Olympics are as diverse as anything else. If you look at the sports that have real crossover appeal and are, are major in the space, they have people from every color, race, creed, gender doing them. And for CrossFit to make that next level, it's got to do that. And when you talk about, you know, market share and, you know, gyms being able to keep their members, that's really an untapped market. So what was it like for you on that? For, I mean, you said you, you know, you were brought to the gym as the same way I got there. Like somebody drugged me in, right? Like, what was that like your first wide, like coming in and looking around, So it's super funny. So I was at uh, this kind of legislative fellowship in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, or in Lexington, 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 Kentucky. And uh, I was like, I, you know, when you go travel, for the most part, you're like, all right, I'm going to bring my running shoes. And I don't love running. I run because I'm in the army and I have to. And uh, there were some people they were talking about CrossFit, and I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to try that. And uh, one of the she's a state rep from New Hampshire, uh, Aaron was like, and she's a Republican too. So black Detroit elected official with white New Hampshire Republican, uh, we bond over fitness. And she's like, oh, well, we can just go to a CrossFit box. I was like, that's a thing. She's like, yeah, we'll just drop in. It'll be cool. And we walk the mile and a half to the CrossFit box. And it's the nicest people in the world, right? I see another guy, one of my 
fraternity brothers who is a former college football player uh, from University of Kentucky. And we're just talking, guy. it's just this great experience where they're like, well, do you have much experience with CrossFit? I was like, no. But, you know, I watched videos and uh, I played two sports in college. And the, the exercise is like power cleans, strict pull-ups, and uh, something else. And I was like, I can do all those things. <laughs> and it was just great. Like, we just worked hard for an hour. Loved it. That's great though. And, and I love what you're describing there. You know, I think we don't think about that often, you know, when we talk about diversity and inclusion in CrossFit, I think often people have the misconception that what, you know, the message that I'm trying to tell people or that even that all of us are talking about is that we're trying to change some sort of political spectrum within the gyms. And here you're talking about, you know, you're an elected Democrat with an elected Republican Mm -hmm. sitting there working out side by side. I suspect you guys weren't talking politics. You're busy sweating your butts off. Yeah. But even still, even when we talk politics, we talk better together because we have this thing in common. The problem that we have in the world right now is everybody goes to their own silo and they don't interact. Right. So one of my closest friends in the legislature here in Michigan is a Republican, is a super conservative Republican. But we have army in common. We have that shared experience that once a month we both put on our, our green uniforms and we could possibly get deployed together. And so we don't have to agree about stuff. We trust and respect each other and we disagree. I mean, how many people, you and Nikki disagree, you and everyone that you love and care about disagree about stuff. The difference is you don't hate each other because of it. And so that's what the gym has always been about. That's what sports have always been about. I mean, hell, I, I'm a Michigander and uh, you're an Ohio person. I, my my reserve unit is in Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up thinking that Columbus got to be you know the worst place because I don't like Ohio State. But when you interact with people from Ohio State, when you interact with people who look and feel differently than you, you know, oh, they're also a person. So on sun on Saturday, I really dislike them, but Sunday we're cool again, and that's what the gym gives you. It gives you a space where you can have open and honest conversation. Because the suck and the thing that you all hate, in your words, is the assault fight, right? Like, that's the thing that we should all be upset about, not each other. Yes. God, I wish 2020 would take the assault bike from us, for sure. No, <laughs> I agree with that. 2020 is the assault bike. Oh, 2020 is the year of the assault bike. There's no no doubt about that. Um, so when you think about, you know, helping, you know, I think of what you're describing, it's very similar to my gym. Like, I work out with a guy that's, as far to the right as you like, I'm not sure you could go farther right than this guy is. And, you know, we argue and bicker and then we go work out together and we have fun, you mm -hmm. know, and we enjoy each other's company while we're doing it. We disagree, but at the end of the day, we don't hate each other, you know, and I think about like, how do we help our coaches get out into the neighborhoods and start drawing people in with differing viewpoints so we can start building that out? Like where are the best places for them to start? I mean, honestly, the easiest place to do this is with people who are like-minded, right? So where do you, you know, if you're in a town, a college town, or you're in a town where there is high school or collegiate sports, those are the people that you should be looking forward to first. When you start talking about weight, you know, weight loss, when you're doing all those kind of things, like that's the, that's the space, following different people, right? So um, there is a black CrossFit gym right up the street from me in Detroit where they, you know, talk about black health. And I didn't know they existed until I started following them on social media because they were talking about these issues. They're, they're being engaged. But I mean, look at me. 13 years ago, I stopped playing college football. I, someone should have been like, hey, do, go do CrossFit. Like, I know everybody thinks that they're like, oh, I could have been the game. I'm like, 
maybe then I was, you know, when I could do 28 reps at 225 and I could actually do 30 strict pull-ups with weights on, you know, like those are the, the opportunities that we miss when we don't engage people, right? When you go to the local high school and say, hey, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I want to help do strength and conditioning. So, you know, you were talking about the, um, the youth CrossFit games or the team games that they're still going to have. And those are people who are organizing from Michigan. They do strength and conditioning at the local high school. Do some of that kind of thing. That's a huge need, particularly in cities like Detroit, right? So, you know, there are a number of high schools that need strength and conditioning coaches that need equipment, lending that space. I mean, if you saw the weight room that I grew up in in high school, it was it was an old cafeteria converted with like four, you know, rack, you know, bench presses and two squat racks. And the, the space I have in my gym right now is nine million times better. Like no bumper plates, just steel, did, you know, couldn't really do the same kind of Olympic lifts because we didn't have that kind of capacity. We didn't have that space. That's a place where if you got folks engaged early would make all the difference. That's amazing. And I, I think, um, if I'm hearing you right, like the, the kind of the underlying message here is just get involved, like get out, mm-hmm. you know, get in front of some people, pull in some teens, pull in some adults, like, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and just get involved. And I love that. I love that message of, uh, particularly like, you know, going to the team games next week, actually. And I had the opportunity to talk to them and, and that was their message is like they saw a need in their local community with these kids mm-hmm. and just, and they just simply got involved. And I think that's where a lot of people just, a lot of the gyms are kind of in a wait and hope strategy as opposed to, Hey, maybe I should go out and, and ask for some referrals and, and find a local, you know, team soccer team that needs a strength and conditioning coach. So. Yeah. And I, think, I, and I think it's a really untapped market, right? So if you look at professional basketball, professional football, professional baseball, all the big sports, the number of, uh, or the population of black people is really high really astronomically high. And so you say, what happens to all those college football players from University of Miami who aren't still playing football? Oh, well, I, I, I don't know. Are they going to CrossFit? Are they going to do other kinds of things? Are they doing bodybuilding? Are they doing strongman? Like these are sports where there is a capacity and you have a group of ready-made folks that if you went and said, hey, it's going to be easy, I'm going to engage them. And you think about how great that is for your gym, right? You always talk about having, going to the gym that the Panchecks train at, right? Like it means a lot if you have a games athlete at your gym and think about how many games athletes are sitting there on the streets, not being, you know, not being engaged who are, who are saying, Oh yeah, my, you know, my playing days are done. I just, I'm done. Like that's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and to that point, you know, Scott was a, a, a college football player played for Mount union. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he was a good college football player, but they're not, you know, they're not, it's not Ohio state. Now keep in mind, Mountain unions won multiple national championships, but they're, you know, they're not Ohio state. They're not Michigan. They're not a big 10 school, you know, but he's one of the world's best at CrossFit. And I, I agree with you. I think there's probably hundreds of college athletes like that, that have either never been invited or, you know, are, don't have access. Like there's so many different, you know, obstacles to getting people in, like going out and finding them is critically important. Um, but, you know, but like you juxtapose that to like me, I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or I did before COVID. Like I'm, right. I don't know when I'll ever feel comfortable hugging another man, uh, in that same way again. But, uh, you know, Jiu Jitsu, it's got like, you know, people are doing YouTube videos, like they're, they're getting out and people are doing it because they're engaging that brought, and you start to see that diversity growing because people are bringing in other folks. And it's cool because the UFC is like, okay, we got them going. And, 
jujitsu gyms have really been able to leverage that in a way that you don't see with the CrossFit games, right? So I got into CrossFit because of the CrossFit games. You can, you know, these gyms can be doing the same thing. And I think, uh, as you call him, new guy Eric will, uh, you know, it's just trying to leverage those kind of two things. And, and, you know, folks like the Buttery Bros or kind of that social media that brings all these people and interests in is how you see these diverse groups coming and going and engaging and interacting with people like you. Yeah. So last question uh, before we wrap up, why is uh, representation so important in a gym? Oh, because you don't feel comfortable doing things that are so far away from your space, right? So I am a uh, 5'9 guy. You know who are the best at CrossFit? People my height, my size, about my weight, right? right? You're like, you see a guy doing a thing like you and you're like, hey, I can do that. You know what I don't see? I don't see myself playing professional basketball. And so if you walk into a gym where every single person in there is white, that's a strange space. The same way, and, and I think for folks to think about it this way, if you walked into a gym where every single person was black or Chinese or Latino, would, you, would, you, would that be your space? Would that be your gym? Probably not. And so being that first person in a gym is hard. So it's really important that when people think about saying that their spaces are open and inclusive, that they actually are and that they are actually engaging. So when I went to those spaces, I went with someone who I was friends with, right? With someone who I had a relationship and they felt comfortable and bringing me in was a really important part. So I think the thing for everyone to think about with their box is it is not just on the owner or the person who runs your box to make it a safe and open and inclusive space. That's an everybody task. That's you saying, hey, that guy, you know, who likes fitness, bring them to your box. That lady, you know, who really gets it in at home, bringing her into your box. It's figuring out ways to do all of these kind of things in a way that, that you take personal ownership over it. Uh, and, and that's what it's all about. It's all about saying, is this what you want it to do? Because people spend a lot of time saying that they are not the problem when they aren't. The system is the problem. But the only way to change the system is to recognize that systems do exactly what they're supposed to do. So if you're, you, know, you have a CrossFit box and it's 99% white men in their 40s, that's what your system is designed. That's what your wallpaper, that's what your floor, that's what your bath, everything that you've done is designed for that demographic. Because if it wasn't, you would change it and you'd see different stuff. So everything is on the tape. Just are people committed and willing to do so? That's great. And, uh, you know, I think with that, we'll, we'll leave our uh, listeners or people watching this with a challenge. Uh, my challenge would be go do that. Go exactly do what Senator Hoyer just mentioned, which is go invite a friend, a family member, someone that you know from work, local community that uh, you hang out with occasionally, bring them into the box with you. I think, you know, if we can, we can all make that subtle change and that subtle difference, we can make a huge difference within the community as a whole. So, uh, Senator Hoyer, thank you for being on. We appreciate your time. Uh, for everyone watching, we will see you next week.